Good day, and welcome to Good Day from Earth. When we're in kindergarten, or even grade school, we are particularly happy when we make a new friend. Although those memories are distant for me now, I took delight recently talking to my new buddy from half a world away, who I have only ever met previously via Facebook, comments, emails, and occasional podcasts. I invite you to a chat I had with Jill Korn recently. Jill is an award-winning playwright who enjoys a special niche in audio drama where she combines her talents of writer and performer. She loves historical fandom with a particularly outstanding piece called Confessional and we will soon learn more. On my website, Good Day from Oz Down Under, I discuss the differences and similarities we share. But we began our chat with Jill having to make a quick dive away from the microphone. When she came back, she told me of her recent experience. I did a radio interview a couple of weeks ago and it was going really well. And then Graham started to empty the dishwasher, which is the kitchen's next door to my studio, right? And they're crashing in the bank. God, and of course I couldn't stop because it was live. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. I was in a similar situation a little while ago, only with me it was a toilet flush that seemed to fill the cistern a dozen times over. <laughs> it's the podcaster's nightmare. It just happens to everybody, I think, doesn't it? It happens to everybody, honestly. Jill, I'm sure we could swap disaster stories for hours. But tell me, how did you actually get into podcasting? It began when I was at Glasgow University. I decided to go back to university very late on. I'm glad I did it when I did. To see whether or not I could really write. Because I'd been writing for years and never doing anything about it. And I thought, I have to test this out and see whether or not my peers think that what I write is any good. It was more of a confidence boost, really, than anything. So when it came to looking at different uh, genre, really, or, or different forms of writing, we were looking at prose and poetry and so on. And there came a time when I had to make a decision for a project that I was going to submit. And I went round and round the houses. and then. You know, that spark that you have, which is, but it's radio drama. I've always wanted to write radio drama. I've always loved it. Um, brought up on the BBC, um, afternoon play. So it's the obvious thing to do. And it was one of those things where you wondered why you hadn't thought of that before. And the first story that I wanted to tell, again, was one that goes back not quite my whole life, but I've always loved the music of Edith Piaf. And I had read a lot about her and there were aspects of her life that were little known, really, not not very well known or certainly not very well explored. And one of those was the fact that she was briefly accused of being a collaborator during World War Two. So those those two ideas came together. And as a project for for my master's degree, I wrote that play and then produced it. And that wasn't such a big leap perhaps as it sounds because um, about 10 years ago I had uh, helped to set up and run a small theatre group in Glasgow and um, we called ourselves Stark Theatre because we had nothing basically 
no money, no props, no property, no nothing. We had nothing. We were stark theatre. Um, but it meant that I was familiar with the business of setting up a group of actors and, and rehearsing and having them working together. It wasn't a big jump, really, to bring some of those people in to look at audio techniques, which are different, obviously, from stage techniques, um, and, and to learn together, really. And obviously, that's not a perfect piece. Um, collaboration's not perfect, but we learned a lot as we went along, as I'm sure you'll be the same. Oh, yes. I've been putting out stories for three years now. And while I was proud of them at the time, I'm beginning to think I could or or, or even should go back and remaster some of them. It's, it's a good feeling because you do learn, don't you, as you go along. And, and if you take it in that spirit, oh, that's not quite right, or oh, I'm not sure about that. So, I mean, one example I can give you, we were talking earlier about noises off. Um, during collaboration, we had hired a, a big studio in Glasgow, well, a small studio within a, a big complex of studios, but they were rehearsal studios. And so next door to us, we had a rock band rehearsing. Um, the boys are back in town, Thin Lizzy. They were not bad, actually, but when it came through on our recording, which was meant to be 1930s Paris, kind of didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. And luckily, um, Alex, uh, my producer, managed to put in some background music and, and, and hide the, the Thin Lizzy um, sound effects. But you learn, don't you? And so you never use, I never use that kind of studio ever again. <laughs> again, I can relate to that. In our collaborative effort, Secrets of the Cemetery, I had half a dozen actors, all from different countries, using different recording formats that needed to be woven together in one play. And when it came to my input, when I was a corpse underground talking to another corpse, I might add, I had a very indignant magpie constantly picking on the window and telling me he was hungry. <laughs> it's all part of the fun. Of course, you have an advantage over me because you actually get your cast face to face from time to time. Well, I'm quite, I'm lucky at the moment. Um, we managed to find some gaps in the very strictest lockdown um, to record a piece that's not yet out there. Um, which is called Sea Change. And we had actors in one room, but at either end of the room, who were masked unless they were speaking. Um, and that, that worked okay. What I haven't done yet is to record everything remotely, which I know quite a few of the, the dramatists are doing. Welcome to my world. Mm, that's very clever. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I guess as they say, necessity is the mother of invention. Having said that, it's sometimes extremely frustrating trying to match up two characters who just aren't on the same wavelength. That's that's where a director, that's where in a studio, you know, you you've got the advantage, haven't you? Because for the actors to bounce off each other is much easier. Well, I cheat a little by concentrating on dramatized stories rather than plays then you can sort of feed in all the bits that are difficult to portray in the play. An, an innovative idea. I, ha I haven't tackled it yet. I, I really must think about it because um, I wouldn't even need to do the editing myself. I've got a couple of people I work with who are just brilliant and enjoy that, that kind of thing. 
and enjoy doing the sound effects. My response to this actually was to write a one woman piece um, and do it myself. <laughs> but that's the beauty of the medium, isn't it? There are so many ways to bring a story to life. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, narrative is 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 a bit different, isn't it? I, I do I do love giving the um, producer a challenge, and um, John Boyd, who you might want to interview, actually, he's a very interesting guy, who uh, produced Galore for me. Um, we had great fun because um, the the end of it literally has a scolded cat, and he had to find um, he had to find sound effects for a scolded cat. So. He, yeah, he, he had fun and I had fun going backwards and forwards and saying, well, I think we need a bit more of this or a bit less of this. Or Yeah, you've, when you're working with other people, there's a lot of trust going on. But also I think you you discover, don't you, just what t- amount of talent there is out there. Just how much skill is out there that's not famous, they're not on Strictly, they're not celebrities, they're just very clever, talented, imaginative, creative people. And I suppose for a lot of us that we have, you know, of this age, of the age that we are, this has given us space to do some of that stuff. I guess that's one of the advantages of being a DIY merchant like me. You can set your own boundaries. How do you think, how do you think the world will go with actors not having a live audience? It's about taking on another personality, and really, and it's not that everybody can act. I don't think everybody can, and especially not in front of a microphone when you don't have any props or anything to help you. But most children have pretended to be somebody else at some time, and it's that pretending that that you've got that you've got to get into. Many of us have become reluctantly familiar with all this stuff as. As lockdown has progressed, hasn't it, really? And the children, of course, think nothing of it at all. Well, the challenge for the actor is that they have to have all the scenes and props in their head and and then hope that it's matched by the production manager. I did an article for one of the local magazines um, and said something about one of the things I love about radio drama is it's all about deception. It's all deception. It's all tricks. It's all playing tricks with the, with the reader's imagination. And so, a sound effect that, that that's meant to sound like something doesn't. So you've got to use something else. Um, I used to work for a, a catalog company, and um, you know, learned things like obviously you can't photograph ice cream. So if you see lovely pictures of this mashed potato, I love that idea. I just I must be a natural deceiver or something because I just love that idea. That's one of the reasons I don't like to circulate photographs of myself. It isn't vanity so much as giving me a range of ages and, and even characters to work with. I always, I always dislike seeing pictures of the, the cast of the Archers because I've got, you know, I know what Jill Archer looks like in my head and it's not like that, you know. <laughs> so Jill, how do you envisage the future shaping up for you? I have um, at least two more longer plays in my head, which are which are French um, plays. One of which links back to Scotland because um, that's where I am. You can hear from my voice; I'm English, but um, I lived in France for a while, and I've lived in Scotland for more than half my life. So um, I've got that those ideas. 
I'm having great fun with the islands and their myths and legends and, and communities. So at the moment, I'm just going to have fun. I think that's my goal, honestly. Have fun. I'm going to try and get some funding, if I can, out of Creative Scotland, just because, you know, I, I want to pay the actors. I want to pay the the producers and the recording artists, and they don't earn very much money. So, you know, at the moment, the more we can do that way, the better. But I don't particularly want to turn this into a business venture. Well, I wish you all the best, whatever you do. And maybe we can get together again and see how things have worked out for you. Thank you. I'd love to. I would love to. Have a good evening. Stay safe. Bye now. You too. Take care. Bye. So there you are, Jill Korn, audio dramatist and actor. Both of us sharing different countries, different backgrounds and setups, but one shared passion audio drama and audio pod blogs. You can find out more about Jill on her Facebook page, website, or on our website, Good Day From Oz, Down Under. Oh, and it would be great if you could give us a review. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe. Bye now.